And now get ready to smile again with radio's home folks, Chris Goes Vic and Sade. Brought to you by Procter & Gamble. Say, we're right smack in the middle of the summer, aren't we? And I've got some mighty important advice for all you pretty summer brides. And it's about cooking. I know you want to show your husband what a grand cake baker you are. Oh, you probably got your first cake already planned. But I want to make sure of one thing right now. I want to make sure you baked your first cake with new Sure Mix Crisco. Why, this wonderful new Crisco starts you right off the bat with three exclusive new cake-making advantages. Yes, new Sure Mix Crisco gives you higher, lighter, tender cakes than you can make with any other shortening we know of. You see, new Sure Mix Crisco is different from any other shortening you can buy. It's the result of the greatest shortening discovery in years, a patented discovery you get only in Crisco. And we don't know of any other shortening that can promise you these three exclusive cake-making helps. Well, just wait till you see the wonderful new kind of cake batter Crisco gives you. It's smooth as satin, and there's none of the separating or curdling you get so often with other shortenings. One look at that Crisco batter, and you'll know your cake is going to be a success. Why, before we sold one can of this new Crisco, we made hundreds of tests in our own Crisco kitchens. Yes, we baked hundreds of cakes using every well-known shortening we could buy. And you know what happened? Well, the cakes made with these smoother Crisco batters baked up as much as 15% higher and lighter, depending on the type of cake, than those made with any of the other shortenings. And they had a special kind of tenderness that made them the best eating cakes of all. So get Crisco today. Once you've tried this new Crisco for cakes, you'll never go back to any other shortening, because your husband's going to say, Honey, you're the best cake maker in town. Well, sir, it's quite late at night as our scene opens now, past 11 o'clock, and here in the living room of the small house halfway up in the next block, we find Mr. Victor Cook and young Mr. Rush Cook. The latter has just this moment arrived home, and his father regards him with severity. Listen. Did you decide to drop by for breakfast? What time is it? Midnight. Oh, <coughs> now listen. Well, look at the clock. 11.20. 11.20 is an approximation of midnight. We needn't split straws. Do you feel that 11.20 is a seemly hour for a guy your age to come nonchalantly home? Well, I had no idea it was so late. It strongly behooves you to acquire some new ideas, my boy. I think I'll advise a few plans to alter your views on certain matters. Mom in bed? Mom is in bed. Mom has been in bed a long, long time. She's no doubt asleep now, tossing uneasily as she dreams of her wayward son. <laughs> oh, shucks. You take a flip attitude toward the situation. I haven't been out of the neighborhood all evening, Carl. No. Matter of fact, I've been within a half a block of the house ever since 7 o'clock. Why, if you or Mom had wanted me, all you'd have to have done was stick your head out the door and holler for I me. I listen to your feeble excuses and lame alibis in the morning, George. Right now, I suggest you retire without further ado. <laughs> I can't. Why not? There's something in the wind. What is that, Bray? Mr. and Ms. Husher are having a party tonight. They ordered a lot more ice cream and solid peanuts than their guests can eat. As soon as people start heading for home, myself and several friends are invited to go over and use up what's left. Yeah? It's vacation time, Doug. I can hit the hay a little later than usual and sleep a little longer in the morning to make up for it. Besides, I'll be right in the neighborhood. What time will the Husher festivities break up? Very shortly now, I imagine. See, it's getting long for midnight. Hey. What's the matter? What's the matter, Doug? You see something out the window? Yeah. Face. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I better call the police and report <clears throat> no, that there's a... No, it's okay. What's okay about it? You saw Smelly Clark or Rooster Davis or somebody. Several of my friends are skulking in the darkness. See, they're waiting for Mr. and Ms. Husher's party to break up. Look. Huh? 
Bluetooth Johnson staring in the window by George. Hi, Bluetooth. How'd he get in on this? A few more guys show up and there won't be but a dab of ice cream and half a handful of solid peanuts apiece. Rush, I don't fancy the notion of guys loitering on the premises in the middle of the night looking in on my privacy. What's well, okay? Well, it's not okay. I like to faint it a minute ago. Was it Bluetooth Johnson you saw? The face was not recognizable. Whoever it was had their nose flattened up against the glass. Willis Rubbing. Willis always flattens his nose up against the glass when he looks in windows. Claims he gets a pleasant sensation. It was a ghastly sight. For a second there, I was completely unstrung. Entirely my fault, girl. I gave Willis permission to skulk outside the house. You did, huh? Yeah. As soon as Husher's party breaks up, he's going to rap on the window, and that's the signal the guests are starting to leave, and I better trot on over and collect my share of ice cream and salted peanuts. I object strongly, Walter. A distress and uneasiness creeps over me at the thought of people lurking in the darkness. I... And... Hey, who's that? Milton Welch. Which window? The one behind you. You got guys stationed at all the windows? No. Well, the shore back is all. The rest of them are just curious, I guess. They got nothing to do but hang around and wait till Mr. and Mrs. Husher's party Holy breaks. Holy smoke. What's the matter? Gosh. What'd you see, Gov? I think I'll go down to the hotel and spend the night. What'd you see? Somebody with their tongue pressed up against the glass. Really? Leland Richards, by George. He always presses his tongue up against the glass. Which window? That one over there. You didn't see anything else besides the tongue? Well, that was enough. Leland Richards. Well, how'd he get in on this? We start out with three individuals. Now it looks like there's an army waiting around for ice cream and solid peanuts. Mm. Son of a gun. But there won't be sufficient ice cream and solid peanuts to go around. Yeah. <laughs> God, you don't need to sit there looking over your shoulder apprehensive. Mm. He's just friends of mine. Anyway, pretty quick now. Willis Royback will give a rap, and that's my signal. Where is that? Where? Very the noise. Well, you're imagining stuff now. Well, that's the way the human mind works. In freshman English class up at school, we read a story by Edgar Allan Poe, where he told about a fellow who went stark crazy just... Hi. Uh, who's that? Crackyato. Which window? Port. Crackyato now. Where are they coming from? Mr. Miss Hyde ain't gonna have enough ice cream and solid peanuts left over to feed the doggone civilized population. Your mother was down here, Sam. There'd be the dickens to pay. Why? How long do you suppose she'd stand for a gang of interlopers skulking outside? I'd explain they were dear old chums of mine. And your dear old chums would be riding in the police patrol wagon inside of ten minutes. Nothing gives your mother the willies quicker than somebody staring at your green gun. Fellow with the tongue? Fellow with the tongue and the fellow with the flat nose bows. Leland Richards and Willis Rorbeck. Side by side. Almost fell off in my chair. I bet I was where? Porch window. See him? Some duck was all. Arnold Shipley. Resides on East Emerson Street. He's entitled to have a share of the ice cream and solid peanuts. In fact, I invited him myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to sit there apprehensive, looking over your shoulder every couple seconds. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hurt you. Anyway, in just a little bit, Willis Roback will give his signal that Husher's parties broke up. Mm-hmm. This business all started with Heine Cole. Miss yeah. Usher buttonholed him late this afternoon. Yeah. So, Heine invited me for a shot out of the box. Also, he invited Willis Rohrbeck. I took the liberty of inviting Arnold Shipley because I owe Arnold six cents, and he says he'd eat six cents worth of refreshments and call it that square. Willis Rohrbeck asked permission to invite Smelly Clark and Rooster Davis, and Heine said sure. Rooster went to invite Milton Welch, and we says okay. Uh-huh. And that's all the guys that's supposed to be in on this. Heine, myself, Willis Rohrbeck, Arnold Shipley, Smelly Clark, Rooster Davis, and Milton Welch. Seven. And seven's plenty. 
How cracky Otto and Leland Richards and Bluetooth Johnson obtained information about free ice cream and solid peanuts, I have no idea. They bring the grand total up to ten. I know good and doggone well there won't be sufficient refreshments for ten individuals. Are there ten individuals speckled in the darkness outside our house? Might be. It's like everybody and their brother told guys about free ice cream and so Well, can you beat that? What's the matter? Leroy Snow. Where? Peeking in the window. Which window? Behind you. Oh. Go away. Eleven of us now. Well. What if Mr. and Ms. Husher have only got a quart ice cream and one dish of solid peanuts left over? Oh. One quart ice cream and one dish of solid peanuts would sure go a long way with eleven guys, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Besides, Mr. and Ms. Husher might not like the notion of eleven guys swarming in their kitchen at midnight. Mm-hmm. Make it highly embarrassing for Heine Call. He was told to bring a few of his friends. Wasn't told to bring the whole population. I said go away. Leroy Snow. Yeah. Wonder who tipped him off. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gov, you're sitting there looking like somebody was after you. I feel like somebody was after me. I feel like 10,000 pairs of eyes were staring evilly at my unprotected person. Who's that? Where? The porch window. Nicer Scott, by George. Get off in that porch. Go on, beat it. When's this going to stop? Uh, Was Nicer make 12? I don't know. I said 11 before, didn't I? No. Didn't Leroy make 11? No, no. Well, let's see. Myself, any call, Willis Roback, Arnold Shipley, Bluetooth Johnson, Milton Welsh, Leland Richards, Nicer Scott, uh, Rusty Davis, Leroy Snow, Smelly Clark, and... Uh, Who's that? I expect... Oh, the signal. That's Willis Roback rapping on the window. Mr. and Ms. Husher's party's breaking up. Guests are going home. Free ice cream and solid peanuts. I'd better run, Gov. Uh. I won't be going long. Uh-huh. Probably not more than half an hour. Mm. I expect you're headed for bed. Uh-uh. No? Uh-uh. You gonna wait up for me? Yeah. Well, that won't be necessary. Yes, uh, it will. Why? I'm scared to go upstairs in the dark by myself. Kay, what's that? Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. And there we leave Crisco's Vic and Sade... Until the next time. Say, think of all the fruit cobblers you can have now. Peach, cherry, blackberry. Oh, gosh, there's no end to them. And they're so easy to make, too. Just mix your sugar with a little flour and combine with the fruit in a casserole. Then make half a recipe of Crisco biscuit dough, only use more liquid than usual so you can drop the dough by tablespoonfuls on top of the fruit. Bake about 30 minutes in a hot oven. Mmm. Gosh, it makes me hungry just to talk about it. Well, I can see that cobbler now with biscuits like puffs of wind. They're so light. And such a luscious golden brown color. Wouldn't I like to sink my teeth into one? And say, I could do with the Sure Mix Crisco cake, too. You remember those baking tests, don't you? They proved that Crisco can make cakes higher, lighter, and tenderer than any other home shortening we could buy. So get Crisco today and use it for all your baking and frying. Remember, no shortening we know of comes to you purer, fresher, or creamier than Sure Mix Crisco. Don't forget to listen to Crisco's Vic and Sade the next time. This is Melvin Allen speaking. Now get ready to smile again with radio's home folks, Crisco's Vic and Sade, brought to you by Procter & Gamble. Well, sir, it's late afternoon as our scene opens now, and here in the living room of the small house halfway up in the next block, 
we find Mrs. Victor Gook and young Mr. Rushgook. Sade is fixing a stern eye upon her son and speaking in this wise. What exactly did Mr. Erickson say? <laughs> he says, tell your mother I dropped by to leave these beautiful, beautiful wallpaper patterns. How long was he here? No time at all. Ducked right in and right out. Wanted to avoid me. Yes, I believe that's a fact. Because all the time he was talking, he kept looking nervously out the window. Afraid I'd pop in before he could escape. Mm, yeah. And these are the beautiful wallpaper patterns, are they? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful wallpaper patterns. Beulah picked them out, huh? Yeah. Mr. Erickson said a woman's taste in such matters is better than a man's. Oh, ain't he the slick customer. The world's most wonderful landlord. Hey, guy, who are you? Come on. Hi. I bet your mother took the early train for St. Paul, Minnesota. Hi. What's these little tablet paper thingamadoodles pinned on the patterns? Notes from Beulah to you. Oh, indeed. Greetings, friends. I hope I'm not too late for the banquet. Fact of the matter is, I was held up and robbed by two villainous road agents down the didn't street. Didn't run into Mr. Erickson, did you? Erickson? No, I didn't. He waited till the coast was clear, and both you and me away from home, and then sneaked in and handed Rush a batch of wallpaper patterns. Really? These rotten things. Hmm. Look at them once. Cheapest, shoddiest trash I ever seen. That's certainly a poisonous green there on top. Read the little note. Hmm? There's a little note goes with it. Beulah wrote. Yes. His daughter Beulah picked out these samples. Tell what he said about that, Rush. A woman's taste in such matters is better than a man's. Isn't that a nice box of oyster crackers to take to the picnic? I'm the woman with the upstairs to be papered. I'm the woman that has to live with the wall. But am I the woman to select the paper? No, sir, sir. His daughter Beulah's the woman to do that. A woman's taste is better than a man's. All right, here's some samples of a woman's tape. You do have a selection, kiddo. How do you mean? Erickson didn't show up with just one wallpaper pattern. There must be a dozen or so in that time. Beulah winnowed out the ugly ones. Mr. Erickson say so? I'm quoting his exact words. Beulah winnowed out the ugly wallpaper patterns. Then over these beautiful, beautiful samples for you to make your choice from. Sometimes I get discouraged. Mm. This constant, constant, constant battling with a landlord takes the heart out of a person. Hmm. Never a week goes by, but what he don't try some stunt or other. Don't you generally emerge the victor in these encounters? I'm getting worn down. Hmm. The stuff he attempts to pull off keeps getting wilder and wilder. Erickson is a scoundrel, no doubt about it. Well, he can't do this, can he? We're the people living in the house. We got a right to select our own wallpaper, haven't we? I imagine so. I never heard of a landlord that done the wallpaper selecting for his renters. After all, he owns the property, man. Well, that don't hurt. We pay rent for the property. We can move out any time we feel like it. Oh, great. If we selected wallpaper Mr. Erickson didn't like and then moved out, he'd be stuck with the wallpaper. Gosh. Sure. Look, suppose I rented Smelly Clark's bicycle and then decided to paint it a horrible yellow. Smelly to have a legitimate thing. Oh, you're just arguing to hear yourself argue. Vic, there's no sense in what he's saying, is there? I'm on foreign ground, dear kiddo. I don't know just how the law reads on the matter. We've rented houses before. We've had new wallpaper before. Do you remember any instance where our landlord insisted on picking out our wallpaper? No. Of course you don't. Sometimes I'm just going to explode when he comes around here with his stunts. Oh, I wouldn't let myself get upset, Sade. You know, you don't have to paper your upstairs with anything but what pleases you. Milkson's an old fathead. Just look upon him as an old fathead and enjoy a quiet laugh over his feeble No, but a person gets sick of it after a while. <laughs> it's kind of halfway funny the way he and I are always at each other's throats. Boy, you have to hand it to him, though. 
He don't quit. He stays right in there fighting every minute. Suppose we look over these beautiful patterns. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful patterns, yeah. Uh-huh. Say, talk about your poisonous greens. This baby on top here takes the cake. Could you imagine living in a room with wallpaper like that? I'm afraid I'd grow morbid and homicidal. Read what Beulah wrote on that piece of paper she pinned to the sample rush. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Read that loud. For those who love a rich, restful emerald color, this lovely pattern should be a perfect joy. Oh, my, 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 my. Rich, restful emerald color, huh? If I was entertaining somebody I despised for the weekend, I'd expose him to this rich, restful emerald color. And I'd guarantee by Monday morning he'd feel vaguely ill, be affected with spots before the eyes, and a tendency toward involuntary shakes and shudderings. What's underneath the rich, restful emerald pattern, Rush? Mm. This nice wallpaper. Oh, my stars. Are those baboons in the design? Gorillas, I think. These are gorillas, ain't they, though? I guess so, or apes. Apes crawling around in trees and showing their teeth. One of your Beulah's tummy? Yeah. A touch of whimsy for the art lover. Your guests will praise your originality and humor. What's whimsy? Oh, cuteness, I guess. Uh-huh. Thanks, Beulah. What's next, Rush? Yes. Alternating pink and purple stripes. Ish, ish, ish. Can't feel like a barber pole surrounded by wallpaper like that. Hurt your eyes if you looked at it long enough. Beginning to hurt mine already. What do you have to say? No, Uncle Tablet Paper pinned to this pattern. Well, she just plain give up. Alternating pink and purple stripes were too much for her. There's a comment pinned to the next one. You appreciate why Mr. Erickson had Beulah do this, don't you, Vic? Presumably, in order that... In order that I wouldn't get a hold of a catalog of expensive wallpaper patterns and select something that'd run him into money. He took no chances. He hunted himself up the cheapest, shabbiest merchandise he could find and let his daughter do the selecting. <laughs> he is a wicked landlord. He's the world's champion landlord. Well, I'm backing up my argument of a minute ago about whether or not he's got a right to select your wallpaper for you. Bear in mind also, he's got to pay for the wallpaper. Well? As long as he has to whip out his pocketbook and slap out the money for the wallpaper. Maybe he Oh, fiddly Oh, no, but really. It's his house and his wallpaper. Probably he figures human flesh and blood is not obliged. You're yes. just arguing to hear yourself argue. Let's see the next sample. Well, speak no evil, see no evil, hear no evil. You three little monkeys? Yeah. One's got his hands over his eyes, one's got his hands over his ears, and one's got his hands over his mouth. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful for our upstairs? Wouldn't that be wonderful for our upstairs? What's Beulah's comment, Pitchfork? Um, a sweet little thought and a sweet little design combined to make this pattern a perfect darling. You hit the nail right on the head, Beulah. Wouldn't be such bad-looking wallpaper if the monkeys didn't look so stupid. They're out of perspective. Look, this monkey here has got a head twice as big as the monkey next to him. And over on this side, the half-wit monkey's so small you can't... No, that's him. That's Erickson now. Calling up all Axel Grease and Peach Butter to inquire about the beautiful pattern. Mm, beautiful, beautiful pattern. I'll talk to him, Rush. Okay. You'll think a cyclone broke loose. Hello? Oh, hello, lady. Let's step by him, please. Oh, nothing much. I had to run over on West Monroe Street on an errand that took an hour or two. Stopped in at Miss Trogel's and Heddle's both. Uh-huh. Oh, fine. Why, not that I know of. Vic's here just a second. Something up your sleeve for this evening? Uh-uh. Five hundred? Sure. Invite him here. Go ahead. He says, grand lady, 
Yeah. Say, how about you people heading over in this direction? Dandy. Oh, any time. Sure, 7.30, 4 to 8, 8, 8.15, or kind of halfway around there. Hmm? Fine. All right, Ruthie. You bet. You bet. Goodbye, lady. She's sweet. Mm. <laughs> Reminds me a good deal of Mr. Eric. He's certainly sweet. Oh, how sweet. Oh, 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 how sweet. <laughs> the sweetest, sweetest landlord in all the whole wide world. Mm. Uh, let's see the next wallpaper pattern, Rush. Purple splotches on a bright yellow background. Oh, oh, oh. Look, I'd get dizzy if he stared at that long enough. A guy would get downright sick. What's Bueller have to say about it, Pastor? Um, a dainty design and a pleasing color contrast certain to win the delighted approval of discriminating people. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. And then we leave Crisco's Vic and Sade. And don't forget to listen to Crisco's Vic and Sade the next time. This is Mel Allen speaking.